The following is a hoop ball presentation. Regulators, you regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good too, but you can't be any geek off the street. Got to be handy with the steal if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators, Mona. It was a clear black night. Welcome to a Sunday night morbid. Fresh off defeat edition of Ball In, Ball Out, a hoop ball presentation. This is your favorite Lakers podcast. Uh, these are dark days. My name is Eli Bauman. Uh, on the internet, it's true. Is That's a thing. Dan Bespris, and uh, sadly having to sit this one out due to technical difficulties. Yeah, is uh, Dr. Eric Noble, but we love you, Eric, and uh, get back on the pod soon. We need you. Yeah, we uh, we spent about 15, 20 minutes trying to iron out some some technical things. We, we eventually found out that Eric needs what's called a, a combo jack splitter. <laughs> yes. As we, and as we also discussed before going on air, that also seems like something we probably all ordered at 2 in the morning during... Yeah, like Jack in the Box. Exactly. <laughs> I need... A sad night at Jack in the Box. I need a Jack splitter. You can make that a combo. Uh, uh, just kill me. It's fine. Supersize it. You guys have <laughs> you guys have curly fries. Is that part of the combo, Jack? <laughs> it's although I will say, as someone who fancies himself a little bit of a nerd, it's a weird thing. It's so it's the technology for most of the folks listening out there that you're actually more familiar with it than you realize. It's what's in almost every smartphone nowadays, where there's one plug, but it functions as both a headphone and a microphone jack, right? Because you put on your headset and you can just talk into that little nub that hangs down oh, that's from. True. Very the good mi- point. Yeah, so modern laptops have that, but nobody told me that before I bought. I bought mine. Uh, luckily, they make these little dongles that can split it from from a <laughs> combo jack into both again, uh, and. Yeah, I mean, there's really no reason why Eric would have even would have ever thought no. of that before. Why, but you know, Eric was dongleless, so here we are. <laughs> we'll get a two man, a two man pod. But you know what? It's okay. Cause yeah, we'll get him back. This this isn't exactly the most exciting uh, time to be a, a Lakers podcaster, as we've just lost. Uh, is that four in a row? Uh, well, you did mention on the last show that December was going to be a little bit of a difficult month. You, uh, yes, not not off to a strong start here. You you took a, a gander off in the distance and saw that the Lakers would be playing uh, a bevy of above five hundred teams. And yes, now it's actually five losses in a row after five, they defeated uh, the hands of the Houston. I Rockets. know, but I'm also the same asshole who predicted the eighth seed uh, a week ago. So here, so here we are. Yeah, well, hope yet uh, remains because the teams near the Lakers in the standings, the Clippers have lost three in a row. The Suns have lost two in a row. Memphis has lost 11 games in a row. Oof. The Kings are 7-16, and 16, and the Dallas Mavericks, who did win their last game, are 6-17. and 17. Uh, And I think didn't the Mavericks beat one of these other god-awful teams, like the Kings or the Grizzlies or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. so. The people. Oh, uh, so hope yet remains, despite the fact that December is going to be a difficult one. I, this is one of those rare shows, Eli, where we really do have a lot of basketball to talk about. We've, yeah, we do. Two games back to back. It's, it's 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 all been like stuff on the court. Yeah, like everything. We Lavar Ball has kept quiet. Uh, the president has not tweeted at any of our players <laughs> this week. I like that so. bit. That bit you suggested a couple weeks ago was could actually be a funny one. We can we can do that down the line where it's like let's make up fake tweets from the president to a random basketball player. 
We got to do that with Eric on the pod, though. That's really important. Oh yeah, yeah. We like to do. We like to save our most ridiculous stuff for our three man edition. Because right now, yeah, we just gotten our our butts whooped uh, tonight, and our butts whooped for three minutes of the last game yeah. in Denver. Which maybe we should start there because yeah. that was a game we had. We were pretty much in control. I mean, it was a close game, so I don't want to make it seem like it was ours. To, to lose, but we were. I thought we were kind of in control for most of that game, and then it got to about the four-minute mark in the fourth quarter, and we just got smoked. It was bad. Absolutely smoked. It was like one of those things where you kind of, if you had gone to take a piss at like the three-and-a-half-minute mark of the fourth quarter against Denver, you would have missed, you, would, you could have gone to the bathroom with us up by four, and then come back from the bathroom with us down by eight. You almost wouldn't have believed that what what you had seen actually took place, right? It was one of those things where I've had that happen to me watching baseball games a lot because baseball games amble along, and then you walk away for like a second, and wham, five runs go up, and you're like, right, that's right. not right. Surely, surely the the Spectrum Sportsnet score in the bottom right corner just glitched, and that's a zero and not an eight. Uh, but no, it was, yeah. it was that the, the Lakers ended up losing that game 115 to 100. I guess we can do sort of the quick box score recap of that one and then, and then break it down from a basketball perspective. Uh, Lakers led by Brandon Ingram, which I think will be a theme. We'll talk about him probably yeah, a couple of times on today's podcast. He had 20 points. Brooke Lopez has shown a pulse in each of the last two ball games. Kyle Kuzma back from his uh, uh, back injury. Jordan Clarkson was okay. Julius Randle has been kind of a mixed bag in that game. He had 15. Clarkson had uh, a dozen. Larry Nance had just four and six. He had a, a weird off night in Denver. And Josh Hart actually played relatively well off the bench. I, I thought Lonzo Ball was okay, too. Nine points, nine rebounds, five assists, and a couple of steals, but the Lakers... Yeah, I thought that was good Lonzo as opposed to this game, which was bad Lonzo. This but was, that, that whole yeah. game felt like... um, You know sometimes when you're like driving, and you're on the highway, and you kind of like come to and like you realize you've been driving for like a half hour and you haven't had one single coherent thought Yes. About like driving on the road, but somehow you've been on the road the whole time and not crashed your car. You sound like a person who recently took a long trip between Northern and Southern California. That is true. And I, <laughs> I felt like there were periods where I completely zoned out, but somehow the car drove and I was just there. And then I went, oh, what just happened? <laughs> and you guys and I feel like that was the fourth quarter of this Lakers game. It's like, I don't know what the f*** happened. <laughs> like, it's not like you can go like, oh, well, then this guy went. No, it was just like. You blinked it. We were the game was over, and Jamal Murray was showboating, you know, uh, yeah. in the last play of the game past Lonzo Ball. That was time to get our good friend Andrew Bogut into the game, right? For that's that's clothesline. He was trying to he was trying to run in there and and throw some like Aussie bows, and it, <laughs> he, he was up from the bench. Just let him, man. Let him go. What what, yeah, what do you have to this, lose? Take the suspension. Knock that dude out. Yeah. Uh, who, who is Jamal Murray? I wouldn't recognize Jamal Murray in a lineup of just Jamal Murray. <laughs> it's sort of you know what I mean? Like, who is that guy? If you put Jamal Murray, F. Murray Abraham, and Malcolm Jamal Warner <laughs> How about Eddie in a row, Murray? I would not know which one Jamal Murray was. Can we get Eddie Murray into this lineup, too? All yeah, the, Eddie Murray. All the best Murrays. Yeah, exactly. Murray it, it's the- just, I'm sick of getting punked by, like, subpar NBA players. 
Like so far, we've gotten punked by Lonzo's gotten punked by Patrick Beverly, Jamal Murray, and Marcus Smart. Like three guys <laughs> who are like not very good. Yeah, uh, so I mean, Jamal which maybe Murray. That's why they do it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an opportunity. They see it as a, as an opportunity to get up, and Jamal Murray will probably be, by the way, a, a pretty decent NBA ball player one day. But I mean, the showboating thing is a little ridiculous. I I I have additional beef in this ball game, just kind of from a rotation standpoint. I like the fact yeah. that there were a couple of substitutions late in the game, and I don't I don't know I don't know about you. I don't have that many complaints actually from the first three quarters. Because it no, felt like no. it was the same kind of thing, where the Lakers are always hanging in there. They're within a bucket or two. They fall back seven points. They take a three-point lead. It's kind of a back-and-forth thing where, in a road game against a team with a better record than you, that's all you can really ask for is a tight game late, where you have kind of a, a basically a coin flip chance to win the thing. But, man, the way that the way things are going for this team in in fourth quarters lately is a little bit upsetting. And I don't know if it's the rotations I don't know if it's the the strategy of it. I don't know if it's the defense breaking down. I, I try to watch these games with an analytical eye to figure out if I can see what the problem is. In the uh, in the Warriors game, I felt like there was a little bit of a fatigue factor going on, where they were kind of running on fumes, and then it hit overtime, and they just had nothing left in the tank. The Denver game, I mean, could you blame the altitude? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, were- I, th- I do think they got tired. I mean, I do, I, I do think that that is part of it. I know I've talked about it a little bit, and I still think that it's kind of true, and it makes even more sense after watching that Rockets game. It's like we don't have anyone other than maybe Ingram at this point who's, like, great. But we have, like, a lot of guys that are kind of, like, interchangeably good. Yeah. And I don't I, – I know, like, what Luke is doing, which is he basically have – we have a first unit and a second unit, and he likes those guys to kind of all play together. But I felt like, especially in that Denver game, we were kind of the victims of that strategy because everyone kind of got gassed out at the same time or everyone went cold at the same time. And, like, we haven't really hit on those kinds of, like, amazing combos of guys. I don't understand why we're not playing guys for smaller bursts of time. Yeah, let them let, just turn them loose. Say, go. And turn go them loose it. and let them burn out and then sh- throw a bunch of guys. Because our team is oddly 10 guys deep, but no one does anything that great. Yeah. So we might as well just kind of, you know, I thought the guys who are actually the most effective in that game were like Josh Hart, you know, because he just plays a thousand miles an hour and didn't, you know, and played for probably like 20 minutes or something. Yeah, 22 minutes. Almost. But so he so he ran his ass off the whole game. Like, you know, I think we should we should since we're probably not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> don't you know, don't give up hope. Yeah, you just said the well, a week ago. You know, I I think realistically talking to my a week ago self, <laughs> but we might as well try to experiment a little bit more with just these combinations of dudes because especially with Nance back, we have so many guys who are competent NBA players. Let's just see what they got. Yeah, or maybe you know there there has to be a little bit of a hot hand thing going on too, and that and that's why I didn't really get on Luke a ton for the the Warriors game is that the the lineup he had going was probably tired, but they were playing well. Ingram was playing well, yeah. Randall was playing well. Who I always I always have something I want to pick on with Julius Randall, but he actually played pretty well in that game. Yeah, uh, Clarkson was getting it going late. The the Denver game. A bunch of the guys on the floor were not playing well, so you have to be okay with just yeah. Like Larry Nance was not having a good ball game, which is unusual for him because he's that hustle guy. But he just 
he didn't have anything in the tank, and Jordan Clarkson didn't play a particularly good game. So, I mean, if you're getting a pulse out of a guy like Brooke Lopez and the other team is playing a seven-footer, you can actually yeah. put him back out. You know, like in Yeah, the War- I thought they should have kept Lopez out there, too. Yeah, there was no reason to bring him back in in the Warriors game. I'd love to see him on the floor more because he's, he's big and he's sort of fun to watch and he's the goofball. We've talked about that. But like in the Warriors game, he would have gotten toasted. In that Denver game... He he was effective, and he slowed down yeah. Mason Plumley, and then he wasn't in the game, and Plumley was like reverse jamming from directly underneath the. Ba- that was I a know, really he was straight athletic- up NBA jamming us like yeah. Tom Chambers. Out it, there. it was amazing. Poor I thought he was going to stick his head straight up through the rim and then hammer yeah. the balls right back down on top of his own dome. You can- homeboy is totally Tom Chambersing. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think like. I kind of had a, a a thought the other game and and this game, which is that like, unlike a lot of young teams who struggle, our struggles aren't on like the defensive end. It's not like defensive lapses. It's like the whole team goes cold, and like we definitely lead the league in like guys catching the ball and immediately traveling. <laughs> the, like oh, the, bun- the weirdest the money hop and the pee patch, the, right? The three steps once you catch the ball coming off a screen. It's like I have no idea what that is, but we somehow have every guy in the league who does that is on our team. It's a Michael Jackson move. You got one foot going forward and the other one going back. One of them yeah. has to remain steady when you put the ball on the ground. It is incomprehensible that we do that every time, but I feel like it's our lapses are all on offense. And I feel like I know why Luke has that lineup that he has in because he he looks at Julius switching and looks right? at Brook Lopez and he goes, Julius can switch on everything. And those guys can all switch on everything. So that's why I want them. But our lapses aren't really on defense. They're like, we literally don't know how to shoot. And there's just too many guys on our team who go cold to, you know, if we have a hot hand, that guy's got to be in. Yeah. He's got like, to be he's in. Just the got to. We don't have, and, you know, I had this thought today during this game where I was like, I know that he probably gets lost on defense. I'm sure he's doing stuff that like we're we're not noticing, but obviously coaches are noticing. But I just think like Kuzma's got to play more. He's like one of the only guys on our team, along with Ingram, that you're like, oh, this guy's a legitimate NBA scorer. Yeah, like, he, he still looks smooth. I'm at, really impressed that he hasn't like he shoots threes. He drives. He can score with both hands. Like we just we don't have enough dudes on our team that are offensively gifted enough. To not have those guys on the court, I don't think. I'll give Luke a little credit for today's game. If we want to move to the Rockets one, I mean, we can bounce back and forth if need. Yeah, we'll be. bounce back and forth. They're he did. He did yank. Same thing. He did yank KCP, who was just trash tonight. And I don't, yeah, he just had yeah, he had nothing in the tank. He was he was terrible. He'd actually been playing pretty well lately, but he was like, yeah, it was that might be the Harden effect too. James Harden is unbelievable, dude. He's so good. It's, it's so insane. good at basketball in such a perplexing way because he's like almost in slow motion, but it's just like guys just don't know how to. I I think he's the hardest guy to guard in the league. He's unguardable. I mean, he yeah. he, he. What do you he, do? He had thirty six points on on twenty two shots, and not even that many of them came at the foul line in this game. Like I the Lakers know. actually did a pretty good job of not fouling. No, they did. They James guarded Harden. him well. He that, torched us, and he torched for thirty six. And Eric Gordon, meanwhile, I mean, so that's the one that probably kind of sticks in your craw a little bit. Eric Gordon is a perfectly good NBA scorer, but the Lakers, these young guys with these long arms, they should have been able to do something. On yeah, Gordon. well, and Eric Gordon really screwed us because you could tell that the Rockets were doing by uh, 
my favorite L.A. thing, which is they'd been in town for like three days. So they came <laughs> out a little flat. You could tell Harden's been at like, you know, I don't know what's the like the bungalow or whatever last night till like four in the morning. But unfortunately, Eric Gordon had 18 points in the first half in like seven minutes or something. So it basically like he kind of got them through their their kind of initial lull. And we were basically tied, and then Harden remembered how to play basketball and crushed us in that second quarter. But uh, so I, they're so explosive that team. Yeah, they have. I text. I texted this to Eli before we went on air. The, the Rockets have this ridiculous embarrassment of riches in just in terms of ball handlers. Teams don't have that many guys that can handle the basketball like that. Uh, Chris Paul, top. Wait, we haven't even talked about him yet. No, we haven't talked about Chris Paul. He's what would we say top five in the league in handling the basketball? Oh, no question. James Harden, is he top five in handling the basketball? No question. Uh, Eric Gordon, probably top, like, 30, which is still saying something. Because yeah. he, yep. he can create his own shot, which is kind of a rarity. And then they've got all these Clint Capella. They've got this, like, weird, freak, young DeAndre Jordan type who can just go up and hammer everything through. They're a, they're a scary team. In, in watching that game, another thing that kind of flashed through my head, and I, I feel like I need to correct myself, the KCP disaster was in Denver, not tonight. I gotta get my nights straight here. Uh, the Houston team—they have that. It's not—it's not nearly to the Warriors level, but they have that ability to just boom in like yeah, forty seconds. Yeah, the forty second, like for the Warriors, it's like forty seconds, eighteen points. For the Rockets, it's like forty seconds, twelve points. But that's still—that's still worse than any other team in the NBA. There aren't that many teams that can just hit you, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god. This is over. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I like found myself, and I think I texted this to you too. It's like they're actually like the bizarro world version of the Lakers. Like they're the exact opposite team of us in a lot of ways. <laughs> you mean they can shoot? It's, yeah, they don't really play defense. They're not like terrible at defense, but they don't really play it. Like we're good at defense. They score in like vol- just waves and waves of scoring. Like, they have a bunch of dudes who get hot, and it's just kind of like this insane thing, and you blink, and it's over. We have no, we completely aren't capable of doing that. No. Um, they have Chris Paul, who's like the bizarro Lonzo, who's like loud and doesn't shut up and gets into the paint and has like a million floaters. And, that elbow, and like that elbow on, jumper, keeps man. you on his butt, and it's very annoying. Like, Lonzo gets into the middle of the paint and has no idea what to do. Full panic. Um, we also, like, they're a team that either has, like, great players or guys who, like, know exactly what their role is. How dare you speak like, of guys form- who can do everything or guys who are, like, complete specialists. And we have neither of those categories at all. Well, like, we have cl- guys who are kind of good at a lot of stuff. Yep. Yep. That, well, they're not classic. great at anything. They're classic D'Antoni. They're eight deep. They're eight men yeah. deep. Mike D'Antoni yeah. never wants to go deeper than eight guys on a bench. And so in this game... They went to the, the the final score, by the way, of, of this Sunday night game, which is when we're recording this podcast. Houston 118, Lakers 95. The, uh, the garbage time for Houston is always obscenely late. D'Antoni hates to go past that eighth or ninth guy on his bench. So 
Uh, right, Bob- it really burns him out. Bobby Brown, uh, former Laker, Tarek Black, Briante Weber. Wait, Bobby Brown? They have a guy named Bobby Brown? Oh, yeah. He's, he moves. Like my prerogative, yeah, Bobby, he, Brown? He moves Bobby in, Brown? He moves any grooves for the final minute 35 of that ball game. <laughs> uh, he, Tarek Black, Briante Weber, and Demetrius Jackson all played the last buck 35 I've, like, of this game. I've literally never heard of any of those guys. Right. Unless you're talking about... Wait, actually, Briante Weber, was he on our... Uh, was he on the Lakers at all? Uh, I like summer remember. league or preseason or might have been these guys. They bounce around all the different. Yeah, well, I Tark like Black. I, I heard that name. We know Tark Black. Well, Tark Black was definitely on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, Tark Black. So I mean, that's that's the key, right? It falls into what you were talking about. These guys have no role on the Houston Rockets. Those four players that I just listed, and then it's like uh, PJ Tucker. His role is to play defense and shoot threes. Yeah, he's the tough guy. He's the tough guy. Trevor Reza is the non-tough guy defender. Swiss Army knife. Yep. Swiss Army knife. You got uh, Nene. They've got... The, the bruiser. Bruiser. And then they've got like... Okay, so then you get into the guys that are really good at a lot of stuff. Clint Capella, dunking, rebounding, well, Capella, steals, Clint blocks. Is, yeah, he, I still know exactly what his role is. And then you got, of course, Chris Paul, James Harden... Uh, Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson are the two scorers. Ryan Anderson hurt himself in this game. Had, yeah, I think that actually screwed us, to be honest. <laughs> we needed him in there because he's a guy I, you can I pick loved on. having him in there, and then when they took him out, and it was P.J. Tucker. I was like, oh, Yep, <laughs> P.J. Tucker drew that offensive foul on Lopez, and everything going into the half from that point was just a disaster. We were down like three or four at that point, weren't we? we didn't yeah, Brooke just hit a three? Yeah, that's kind of Ryan Anderson went out, and we, we got smoked. <laughs> That was. I know, as even as just a guy who plays like crappy pickup basketball, there's there's something nice about like you want to guard the kind of like white guy you know is just going to stand out there and shoot, mm. and that you might be able to score on. Like yeah. even if he's a really good shooter, you're like, I know I just have to guard one thing. He's yeah, he's not. He's That's not, the only thing I have to do, and it's not going to he's not going to burn you out on defense either. No, and that's spending no, your energy take that over much there. of your brain. You just have to like not help. And for sure, he would not have drawn that offensive foul on Brooke Lopez. How would that half have ended? I, I mean, I know that I'm doing this Brooke Lopez song and dance thing, but he played well in this game, too. He was good back-to-back nights, which is something we've been waiting for. And he got in foul trouble in the first half, and that limited him, and he had a really nice third quarter. And then he... it w- I mean, and okay, so we were actually... And I shouldn't even use this as a segue because it gives the answer away, but right before we went on air, we were going to play the... Let's look at the Lakers plus minus from this Houston game and see if it tells us any kind of story at all. And obviously it doesn't tell the whole story, but there was one Laker who had a positive plus minus in this game. And now you basically know who it is, but do you want to take a you want to take the the let's take a swing well, at the I ball was, I put on the tee? To be to be honest, I was gonna guess one of two guys. One was Kyle Kuzma and the other was Brooke Lopez. And I yeah. now I'm guessing it's Brooke Lopez based on your preamble. Brooke Lopez was a plus nine in this game. Lakers actually were ahead by nine points in the time he was on the floor. He had 10, five, and two with a couple of blocks and a three-pointer. He missed a couple of free throws that I think would have made it at the time like a four- or three-point game. Uh, but when he was out of the ball game, the the roof just came in. Uh, Kuzma, actually, believe it or not, had the worst plus-minus of any really? Laker. Yeah. <laughs> Minus minus twenty five was the. I got rose colored glasses for old Kyle. Yeah, but I mean, and so that's you know that's why it doesn't really tell the whole story because a lot of it has to do with who the other people are on the floor when you're out there. Julius Randle minus nineteen, Corey Brewer minus sixteen, 
Josh Hart minus 14. I think it's pretty safe to say the second unit had a rough yeah, go. Yeah, we got toasted. That second unit got toasted. So here's the thing. But it's like you look at the first unit, and it's like, I don't. they weren't doing anything. No, but they held, They hung in there. Larry Nance was a minus 6. Brandon Ingram was a minus 7. These are all things you can sort of you can swallow that pill against the Rockets. Minus 6, minus yeah. 7, that's not bad. Minus 25, eh. That's a, yeah. tough to bounce back from. Despite, so what do we do? Like, what is, what is the fix? What do you think? Like, what do you... I got... Well, for the Rockets, I mean, this is one of those rare instances where that team has two staggered ball-handling superstars. They're too good. They're, they're in a different class. Yeah. They're the first class of the NBA. It's them, Golden State, Boston, and I, uh, I hate probably to Cleveland. Say, yeah, Cleveland. They're in there. Yeah, we, we hate to give it to is them, but it? they... Uh, right now, yeah, if the Spurs could ever get healthy, they'd probably get back into that, that bucket, too. Uh, yeah. But, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, well, uh, The Lakers' advantage, generally, is what you've talked about many times, which is the fact that they're deep and good. Not great. Nobody's great, but they're deep and good. And so that when you run into another team that kind of nullifies that one advantage you have, you're going to get steamrolled. And the Rockets yeah, I also, that. I also think we can't keep up with teams... I think we can we can hang with most teams, but the teams that like can score in waves like that, just in those crazy bunches, are going to be really hard. We just don't have the firepower. Like, what do we do? We can't. There's there. There were a couple times where we were up by like four or six, and then they just hit two threes in a row, and you're just like, well, now yeah, we're we, behind. We worked so you're hard. Like, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> they get like one stop because. By the way, it's not that hard to get a stop on us because aforementioned guys who can't really shoot. And then they just run down the court, and Eric Gordon puts up like a 30-footer, and you're like, okay, well, there goes that. It's demoralizing. It's, just, it's demoralizing. Uh, I thought Luke actually did a pretty good job for most of this game of taking timeouts quickly to try to stem those, those big yeah. Houston runs. But at some point, you kind of run out of them. They're just better <laughs> than us. They were yeah. just a lot better than us. And on but a back-to-back, too. Yeah. You got the back-to-back factor and... Yes, yes. This was a lot. I mean, we both talked about it before. We're like, we're probably going to lose this game. Yeah, and it's probably going to be fairly ugly. And it, well, you know, it wasn't we terrible for the first half. Yeah, it really wasn't terrible until like the last, really the beginning of the fourth quarter is when things got. Well, yeah, out of we hand. did the thing where we got it down to four, and then you blinked, and it was twelve. And then, and then you blinked again, and it was twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, I know. I that know. The and, like, we just blink. we can't do that to other teams. That's the part that sucks. No, we kind of have to do that like aging Dallas Mavericks thing, which is against a team like the Rockets, you have to try to slow it down and try to make it like a seventy-five possession basketball game. Because if you let the Rockets yeah. make it ninety to hundred possessions, they're going to beat you because their points per possession are just they're just better. So the numbers I are going to work out. And I keep having to remind myself of a thing that I've said on this podcast many times, <laughs> but I then lose touch with it because we just live in like a, you know, you watch the game and you get all worked up or whatever. But it's just like we have to remember what this season is about because every time you go like, oh, shoot, like we've got it. We've got to do this. We've got to win. I'm just like this season is about like trying to figure out which members of the current roster are part of the future roster. Like, who are going to be real players on this team when we get one or two really good players this year? Like, we're one of the only teams with cap space. We're going to get someone good. You, are, I'm already on the record of saying who I think those two people are going to be. Rhymes with Schmuschman, Flames, and Gall Borge. <laughs> but even if it's Fabarkus Buzzins... <laughs> 
I like all these guys. Other two guys. Mm. Is this, um, is there, are all these guys you're talking about? Are those just the actual NBA players wearing the Cliff Paul mustache? Yeah, no, these are actually just all like Nigerian prospects. <laughs> uh, no, but you know, yes, they're they're all Cliff Paulin. Uh, is Cliff Paul over? I think Cliff Paul's over, right? Yeah, I think it's over. I was gonna say never a huge fan of Cliff Paul, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I do think like. The real arithmetic for this season is going to be going forward. Who's expendable and who's someone you're going to hold on to? Let's let's quickly go through. Yeah, that's a good exercise. I agree. Okay, let's let's so do to that. me the first guy that looks like he's a keeper, and I gotta give my tip my hat to Magic and Rob because they were ahead of this before the rest of us. Is Ingram? Ingram just looks like he's going to be an All Star in the league. Yeah, I Not agree. This year, but. Hundred three years, hundred percent, and I, I'm I'm sure Doctor Noble would as well on that one. I think we can all speak. We can we can speak for the three of us on on Brandon Ingram. He's uh he's turned in, he's turned a massive corner, and he gets he gets into the paint, he gets to the rim. I've been really impressed with his ability to finish this Me year. Me too. Like he's Me in too. traffic. Do you know who the two best finishers in the paint are this season in the By league? Or on the, I, in I'm the a, league, I'm assuming one of them is Brandon Ingram, or he wouldn't have brought it up. Well, that's correct. You know who's number one. <laughs> Uh, LeBron, LeBron. Oh, yeah. Well, so that when was... they're teammates next year, that's going to be great. <laughs> well, who's going to get to do it? Schlafond Rames. Yeah, Schlafond Rames, and then uh, uh, Raul Borge. What did you say? The other one? Was? I don't. I don't know. I think Gal Borge. Gal, Gal Borge had a rough night. The Thunder actually won tonight, but uh, uh, Gal, Gal I'm, I'm quietly rooting for them to to fail. Don't worry. It's 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 coming apart at the seams. They're, they really don't make sense together. Anyway, that's either here nor there. Ball, that's Paul, their problem. Raul, Ball, Gal Borge, uh, he fits, man. He he fits almost no matter where they stick him. Marshmallow, Anthony. Which, yeah, Marsh, yeah. <laughs> Marshmallow, Anthony. He fits almost nowhere. He fits almost nowhere. And they did a whole story about how like he was totally fine with taking a back seat for this team as long oh, yeah, as they sure, win. Sure, he was. Uh huh. Ten and ten and twelve. Uh-huh. Oklahoma City. Ten and twelve. We'll see how long the. The freaking uh, rainbows and and candy farts go on that one. Uh, Stephen Adams. Like, speaking of all the people that we just mentioned, you know, part of me all play the same position, <laughs> but I actually think like that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's like, fine. Today's NBA, you go like, oh, okay, that's great. They can all switch. They can all guard two through four. Hell, two through so five. You if you throw LeBron center. in there, you could play LeBron at the yeah, five. Maybe. I know. In the modern NBA? That's crazy, but I mean, that's true. There's like four guys <laughs> out there that could take it to LeBron at the five. If and if Ingram, if Ingram gets even bigger, like fills out even more, I mean, Durant plays the five now, and yeah. Ingram is basically like mini Durant, like slightly mini Durant, so maybe he can do it too. And he's definitely thicker this year than last season. There's, it, Yeah, he seems strong. Guys are not... Yeah, he's he's rounding the corner now. Uh, he's using he's using the points of his elbows and knees effectively as well. I like oh that. Oh my god, dude is like MMA, straight <laughs> up like Chuck Liddell out there. He's taking out eyes. dudes in the face. He's listed at six nine one ninety. What was he listed at last year? Was he like a buck seventy? I think he was six nine um a hundred and five pounds last year. <laughs> oh man, that's probably accurate. God, he was spindly. Yeah. He was so spindly. Yeah, he was so skinny. But he's uh, just just as a point of reference. Since kind of the uh, the seventy sixers coming out party, or if you want to call it that, for Ingram, he's been he's been rolling twenty six, seventeen, thirteen, seventeen, twelve, seventeen, thirty two, twenty, and eighteen points since I love that it. game. He's looked good. 
He's rebounding. And it was in the flow of the game, too. Yep. He's actually shooting the ball a lot better. He shot 40% last year. He's above 46% this season. That's a big leap year yeah. over year. Uh, also, his free throw percentage is still terrible, but it's up. It's creeping up. 6%. It's creeping up. Uh, which is good because he's taking five of them a game. So you you kind of want to make like four of those <laughs> instead of two or three or yeah. whatever it was. Those points add up. Still a uh, really nice season from Rainer. I mean, he's almost averaging a block a game on top of everything else with those long arms. So, yeah, uh, who's who's player number two if we have to kind of build this thing going forward? Is it Kuz or is it Well, Ball? I mean, I think Lonzo is, is you know, I'm I'm still in team. Like, let's let the kid figure it out. I think he's like still a special talent. We're gonna. He's a cornerstone of the team, whether or not, even if he's not good, just to save face, he's the corner. He's gonna be on the team for five years because yeah. they basically staked their, you know, their reputations on drafting him. It'll be fine. He's gonna get a lot. It'll better. be fine. It's gonna work out fine. I mean, he's better. And this is the same thing I say like once a week on this podcast. He's better a month into his NBA career than Brandon Ingram was a month into his. And no Ingram doubt. now is like everybody's looking at him, going, "Oh." Can you be the next Kevin Durant? <laughs> and he's a thousand percent better than Markel Fultz is. Yeah, Markel Fultz, who's infin- played zero minutes, infinitely better. It's he has with a mysterious a shoulder injury shoulder. that I have not heard anything about. Now, yeah, he's just been out for a month and nobody said a word. This yeah. is I, it, that was a tinfoil hat thing when it when it happened, and now it's like it seems weirder now. Yeah, so so that's fine. Meanwhile, that's freaking Jason Tatum actually looks pretty good. Yeah, he's good, unfortunately. <laughs> Oops. I uh, hate it. I hate when they get things right, but they seem to get almost everything right, that stupid team. Yeah, those sons of Yeah, Kyrie Irving looks pretty good too. Uh all right, let's 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 tackle the tougher ones. Uh or wait a minute. Is Kuzma? He's in the he's I think in the, Kuzma for sure. Yeah. Okay. So he's in the yes bucket as well. Here only here, gonna get better. Bubble guys. Uh Larry Nance, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson. That's your that's your bubble trio, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Who's in and who's out, I guess. I like well, I Larry think, Nance. I think Nance on a good team is a great player. Like, is the exact kind of guy... You, like, Nance on on this current incarnation of the team doesn't make you that much better because, like, we don't really need... I mean, we need a little things guy because everyone needs a little things guy, but, like... We need big things, too. <laughs> we need big things, exactly. Like, he actually can't provide the things that we really need, which is, like, a guy who can score 25 points. Like, he'll never really do that, no. so... But, uh, you know, I think on a team where, you know, you're the fourth option, fifth option when you're on the floor, he's going to be perfect. Dude, put him with put him with any of the ball handlers on the Houston Rockets and he'll average 15 and 10 on like 80 percent shooting. It'd be incredible. Exactly. It'd be dunk fest. And also so would Lonzo to some extent. Like if Lonzo had anyone who could make a shot, he'd be more effective. But yeah. like teams who's he passing to. True. Teams just like pack Brooke the paint. Lopez? They just pack the paint. There's nothing yeah. the Lakers can do. There's no space to operate. No, All right, so he has to figure some stuff out, but Nance is in. Jordan Clarkson. What do we think there? Is he mm. Well, once again, I think he's the kind of guy who's who's would be useful on a good team in the sense that like those instant offense guys are always useful. You're like Lou Lou Williams All Stars, but I do love. You know, I think the, sweet I think he, his contract is probably tradable. Yeah, you know what I mean. If, if if he'd be willing to play for like buck fifty, he'd he'd fit perfectly yeah. fine. Uh, and then of course Julius Randle, who I've been kind of probably needlessly mean to, uh, but I don't. I I think I'm joining Team Eli on this one, where I just don't know 
I don't know what he I don't know where he would fit going forward. Yeah, I think he I think he's actually the kind of guy who's going to be good on not that good of a team. Like I yeah. think he'll be a kind of guy who's going to score 20 points on uh you know, the Pacers. I just don't know how he let's let's play this hypothetical game out a little bit. What is where does a guy like Julius Randle fit if you have a team that has uh, scorers and has guys that can do those. Then you need the guys like the Larry Nances. You need the guys like right. uh, I don't know who else on this team. I mean, if Corey Brewer wasn't terrible at basketball, yeah, no. But I think that's like, right. If Corey Brewer, like six honestly, years ago, Corey Brewer was a guy who could. If we were using Corey Brewer exactly how you want to use Corey Brewer, which is he plays defense and stands in the corner and shoots threes, which is exactly what he would do if LeBron James was on our team. Corey Brewer is a very useful guy on this team. Yeah, a Corey Brewer 2011 model. Can we get, can we get like the exactly the old model Corey Brewer? Uh, those types of guys have fantastic roles on teams with yeah. with big pieces. But Julius Randle is like, like a, a weird... poor man's Trevor Reza. Oh yes, without he's like a he's like a homeless man's Trevor. Yeah, Reza. that's right. Because <laughs> yeah. Trevor Reza can shoot. Yeah, it's so hot right now. Uh, I just I don't know. Julius Randle feels like he's an in between. Like he doesn't yeah. do the little things well enough to be on a team with a bunch of superstars. He doesn't do the big things well enough to carry the team by himself. So on this Laker team, he can have nights where he's really good and really effective, and you know, good in isolation and good at switching on defense. But if this lean, if this team had one or two guys that was truly elite, right. you wouldn't have to do that. You wouldn't have to do it. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, he could maybe he could still prove something to me. I, I like that he slimmed down. He's actually pretty fast. Watching that game in person on Wednesday, I was impressed at how quickly Julius Randle was getting up and down the floor. But he just he has a weird game. He's undersized. He's doing everything right. He he's doing everything right. There's nothing that he's doing wrong. It's just, I think when you kind of fast forward to the future, a like they're not going to be able to re-sign him. So it's kind of a silly argument like he's the person whose money is not going to make sense he's a restricted free agent yeah, just what? no <laughs> you know but i also think like he's the guy that you he kind of stops the ball you know what i mean like everyone else kind of is a natural passer he's kind of a guy you like give the ball to in the post and then he yeah go get it you know dribbles for five minutes five seconds and and shoots it whether or not it goes in or not um yeah, I don't I don't really you know what's kind of a sad thing? It's like I actually think like the kind of guy that we need right now for this team, not for future Lakers, but for this Lakers team, is like a D'Angelo Russell type. Yeah. A guy who's like can shoot can create, who can really shoot, who like can who has like a floater when he gets into the lane. It's kind of sad, but I'm like, that's exactly the kind of guy we need is a guy who can score thirty points randomly. Yeah, I'm okay with the uh with just letting these other guys figure it out though. I'm, I'm Me okay. too. I'm okay. But I'm just that. saying like if you could like if you could in a vacuum be like we'll give you Brooke Lopez and we'll take back D'Angelo Russell um which obviously the reason why they did that the Lakers did that trade was for a salary dump, but I would a million a hundred times out of a hundred make that swap. Right. Well, you want the young guy who could turn into something like Well, and also special. he's just instant offense. He's like one of those guys who is like a real crafty scorer. He's a scorer by like nature, which is I think why they traded him. Yeah, he's a guy that can you you can give the ball to him and he can actually go get himself a shot. Yeah, he can hit threes. He gets in the lane. 
which actually I mean, Julius, I think like, yeah. Julius Randle actually is a guy that can sort of get his own shot on this team, at least compared to some of the other guys. But yeah, I that's mean, true. He was he was horrendous in this game against the Rockets. He was particularly bad. Uh, Randall, five points, five rebounds, five oh, fouls. Wow. So Yahtzee, oh, I didn't even realize that Yahtzee for Julius Randall. Yeah, not so not not great. No, but I mean, again, to Luke's credit, he actually he yanked him because he was playing like hot garbage. But I mean, at that point, that was one of those yeah, the game was out of reach. Rockets wave, so it was kind of too late. And you could see it in Randall's face on the sidelines, like what happened tonight? We we just got eaten alive. And maybe we can blame that on the the Denver back to back thing. Uh, so, so Dan, what do we have coming up? What's on the docket here? Yeah, that was that was going to be the next thing I was headed to with the Lakers. I don't know. Do we really want to know? Do we, I know it's like murder's row here. Uh, I think. I Are think we, we off have, till Thursday? Is that right? There's a there's a break. I don't think it's it's is it quite that long? I'm pulling up the schedule right now as we speak. It is. Uh, yeah, you're 100 percent right. December sixth, seventh, right? the 76ers in Philadelphia. Oh, Ooh, I'm excited for that. Oh, dear Lord. That's an NBA on TNT game. That's a 5 o'clock start time. Ooh, I can't wait for Charles and Shaq to hate us. Yeah, Charles is going to have something to say about Lonzo Ball. That should be fun. I bet Shaq, goes easy. I bet Shaq goes easy on Lonzo. He does. He was he was kinder about it than Charles was. Charles doesn't actually watch any NBA anymore. He's. I agree. I, I, I still love listening to him, but he clearly doesn't watch any of the game. We got a game against Charlotte uh, and D12 on Saturday. That's actually Rejuvenated D12. Uh, it's still winnable. It'll be a high-scoring yep. game, too. Uh, we got the Knicks on the 12th. Ooh, ooh I want to go to that game. That's in New York. Yeah. That's an ESPN Tuesday game. Um, who the hell knows who's getting... Knicks are really banged up right now, so there's hope. Uh, and, and then we got the Cavaliers on the 14th. That's also oh coming up. Yeah. And so, it gets so, worse from so there. So those four games I, is the gold... I mean, I think in a... Almost best case scenario, you're two and two. You yeah. beat Charlotte. You beat Charlotte or Philly, and you beat the Knicks. Right? Yeah, you got to get the Knicks game. That's like best case scenario, and, you, and we're probably not going to. But you got to get the Knicks game because after oh, after the Knicks game, by the way, it's the slowest road trip of all time. Is there is there something happening at Staples? Next week that I'm unaware of. Yeah, is it like, like the Grammys? Is that happening right now? It must be because it's don't like think so. I don't. Th- I don't think it's this early. But they're gone for two weeks. They don't have another home yeah, game until the 18th. And let me see. When so the listen, is. listen to this Lakers lineup, and then we can then we can sign off by sobbing it a few tears. Uh, the Cavs on the 14th <laughs> in Cleveland. The Lakers come home on the 18th to host the Warriors. They go to oh, Jesus. The Rockets on the 20th. They go to oh. Golden State. For another Warriors game on the 22nd, they host the Trailblazers on the 23rd. That's part oh of a three-games-and-four-night set. Uh, host the Timberwolves on the 25th. So there's a very real possibility the Lakers go 0-6 in that stretch. Oh, my God. That's insane. Before the uh, the respite, well, just after Christmas, they got Memphis and the Clippers, a couple of winnable games, and then they end out the year by going back to Houston for another game against the Rockets. Three games against Houston this month. Oh, for heaven's sake. That's unreal. Well, good luck to the boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll oh be watching. One, two, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They got 12 games the rest of this month, and legitimately, like, four of them, they have, be like, a, like a... Will they be favored in any of those games? 
Uh, one, will they be favored in one of Memphis. those games? I bet they'll be favored against the Grizzlies on the 27th, unless Memphis pulls out of their tails. At home or on the road? That is a home game. That's at home. They okay, will not, yeah, we'll be favored in that. They will not be favored in any road games, without question. The Knicks <laughs> game will be close. That'll be like a probably two, three, four-point spread, but yeah. they won't be fair. Um, Lakers will wow. probably be double-digit underdogs to the Cavs, the Rockets, the Warriors on the road also. Probably the Rockets twice. So... Uh, like, best-case scenario, Lakers win four games this month? All right, great. Well, I'm going to take the month off from this podcast and go to an <laughs> underground bunker and just stuff my face and, and not worry about this, and it's I'll fine. come back out like a bear when I'm done hibernating for the winter. It's okay, Eli. This is Longview month. This is the Longview month. I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're because right. Jan- you're right. There's, right. there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The Lakers play the uh, the Hawks, the Kings, the Mavs, the Grizz, the Pacers, the Knicks, the Bulls. There we go. The there Magic. Go. All these teams in January. They get to see all those teams one time. So there's like seven, eight, nine very winnable games. Uh, and then they could beat a couple of better teams. Who knows? They, they've they stolen a few we this year. Beat the Warriors. Maybe this is good. This is like what they need to grow and come together. They'll be on the road. That's nice. That'll bring them this young team together, and they're going to get their butts kicked, and that's fun. Yeah, they're going to get thwomped. I, I just my concern with this stretch is that they're going to lose a bunch of games, but most people haven't looked ahead the way that you and I have. So the long losing streak is going to come, and people are going to go. It's the it's the end. Just you know, right. hit the self destruct button. We can lo- yeah, the scene from Spaceballs. <laughs> Even in the future, nothing works. <laughs> Uh, just hit the we ain't found <laughs> Just hit the damn self-destruct button. It's all over. Give up now. There's no hope. And then suddenly it'll be January. It's like, oh, the Lakers figured it out. No. Yeah. Opponents. Schedule. Yeah. Look at the schedule. Um, Eli, final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up and see if we can get Eric his, his combo jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Final thought is, Eric, get your technical <laughs> together. Um <laughs> No, I mean, my final thought is like to just keep reminding myself and others to be patient with this team, that there were, we're all young and it's just about improvement and guys figuring out how to play and gaining confidence. And the rest of this really, really doesn't matter as long as we don't have to give our draft pick to the Celtics. Yeah. Stay out of the two oh. to five. That's oh. it. That's the only thing I care about. So we need to be just bad enough, but not horrendous. That's right. That's what, right. What a strange thing to root for. It is very strange, but that's where I'm I'm planting my flag on that. I, root, I root cannot for... watch Danny Ainge's pudgy face <laughs> as he gets our pick at the at the draft. I refuse to have that happen. So we're rooting for uh like intermittent partial reinforcement on this team. A win here and there would be nice. That's right. No that's no, exactly right. No full tank. All right, that's reasonable. You cannot full tank. I can I can get on board. Never go that. full tank. Never go full tank. Uh what did I just say those games were later this week? Thursday is the next one. All right, so we'll have a yeah, podcast probably after Philly, that one. Yeah, Philly on Thursday. All right. Next show, next episode of Ball in Ball Out will come uh probably either late Thursday or or Friday morning, something like that, and then we'll reconvene for a uh hopefully we'll have all three of us together next sunday we'll get dr noble back in here uh also have some interesting guests in the hopper uh the oh yeah uh, the pride of locked on lakers both harrison fagan and anthony Irwin uh will be coming on the podcast this month are here they in rivals December. are they ri- our rivals or is it like we're just not 
yeah, our we're viewership not. Is, isn't up enough for us to even be considered rivals. Yeah, we're not in their orbit. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> they are, they're ushering us into the world of Lakers poddom is what's happening. Thanks, they're kind that's of, very, it's very kind of them. That is actually really kind of them. It's kind of like the Warriors walking into Staples and they were just like, here, let's give some hugs out. Yeah, helping us up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we, and we are very thankful for that. Much like Brandon Ingram looking up to Kevin Durant, we, we, uh, much appreciate the mentorship and, and of course any ability to, kind of talk to people that watch the Lakers and maybe are more pragmatic mag- pragmatic about it than we are, <laughs> which is also good. Uh, that's it. That's I got nothing on top of anything else. Oh, but- yeah. Let me let me stew Lance this out, and I got to do uh, what my, my wife told us to do. So this is this feature is when we do the, our, our final sign-off in the style of Stu Lance. Are you ready? Dan, you got anything else? No, no, I'm done. I was, I was sitting back with a bated breath. I'm ready for stew. Are you ready? If you like listening to Ball In, Ball Out, a hoop ball presentation, leave us a rating and a review. This has been a hoop ball presentation.